Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the year 2072, as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope. Pura. A sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image. But beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Demetria uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice. Loyalty or truth? Preservation or revelation? From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City. Starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado and Maury Sterling, prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits. Stone tiles on a naval flagship. How pompous. I mean, really, who do these Dendrax think they are? My name is Gren, ambassador of the Ovidian Union. As the representative of an unassuming, mostly ignored race, no one had rolled out a carpet, which meant my hooves were killing me. But that wasn't the main concern right now. Each door I passed was as ornate and overbearing as the last, with their carvings depicting stylized scenes of past Dendrak military victories. 1003, 1004, 1005... Finally! An unpleasant, jarring doorbell chimed as I pressed the button, announcing my arrival. A moment later, the door slid open, granting entry to the suite of rooms within. Stepping through the entryway and into the office within, I was greeted by the Terran ambassador seated behind his desk. He held a small device, its screen flashing with bright colors and moving shapes. The human's thumbs mashed repeatedly at the buttons on the gadget's sides, the vigor of the movements causing it to jerk from side to side as the man stared at it with intense concentration. You're not playing that game again, Peter. Come on, Grant, don't you ever relax? Ovidians prefer slightly more challenging entertainment. Your video games don't interest us. Come on, come on. Oh, you son of... All right, I'm done. So, uh, hit me with it. Good news or great news? Good or great? I just got word. The Emperor demands your presence. Well, let me check my schedule. <laughs> yeah, I think I can fit him in. I hope you have a plan, Peter. You humans have been encroaching on Dendrak trade for quite a while now, undercutting their prices, stealing their customers, putting the quality of their goods to shame. It was just a matter of time until they fought back. This could all go very badly for your people, and by extension, mine. Nothing our insurance won't cover. 
Insurance doesn't cover acts of genocide inflicted by power-crazed despots. It's a very comprehensive policy. Come on. We'd best not keep the Emperor waiting. He doesn't take kindly to that. Between you and me, uh, there would be a lot less waiting if the warp gates were closer to their system. Peter, please. If you were overheard, it's not just your people on the line. Sorry, sorry. You're right. They probably kill your family for slandering the Empire. They kill your planet, Peter. Come on. We left the suite and made our way through the corridors towards the throne room. Why couldn't humans take anything seriously? Not that my experience with humans was very comprehensive. Peter was the first one I'd actually met in person. The Terran Republic and my own Ovidian Union had been formal allies for only a few short decades. Both species were galactic neighbors, the territories far away from the location of his present assignment here in the Dendrak Empire. When the current crisis had broken out and the human ambassador had been summoned to appear before the Dendrak Emperor, I just happened to be the closest Ovidian official at hand. I had been tasked by my superiors with the job of guiding our human allies through this trying time. Relative newcomers to the galactic scene, it seemed the humans had provoked the ire of the Dendraks, the galaxy's most powerful and violent race. If the situation was not remedied successfully, the Ovidians would become tainted by association. And if war were to break out, they would be sucked into fighting on the human side. A fight they could never win. Peter stopped in front of one statue, a large cannon that had been instrumental in the First Emperor's War to unite the Dendrak clans. Wow. <laughs> you think they're compensating for something? I mean, seriously, look at that. It's ridiculous. Damn it, Peter. Do you know that you and I will be the first to die if this goes badly? Dendrax do not follow galactic convention. When they hear news they don't like, they're very inclined to kill the messenger and the guy standing next to him. They enjoy war. They already want to destroy both our worlds. And if you persist in playing the fool and provoking them, then we are both ruined. Look, I told you, don't worry. Our insurance is going to cover this. It's all going to be smoothed over in no time. You'll see. Is your brain damaged? Can your insurance reattach my head to my body after it's been sent back to Ovis as a declaration of war? Well, no, but that's not going to... Don't worry. It's... We're, hey, will you have a little faith, please? Thank you. The remaining walk to the throne room in silence allowed me to reduce my anger down to a low simmer. I mentally started composing the letter I would send my wife before my execution. The doors of the throne room were predictably large and adorned. Ceremonial guards watched us approach. They were the largest examples of Dendrat warriors that I'd seen thus far. Heavily muscled and standing tall in their armor. Their large paws held plasma lances barring the door. They were meant to be intimidating and it was working. As we approached, the plasma lances were withdrawn, and the doors parted to reveal the throne room. It was huge, with columns rising high above to a vaulted ceiling, and walls bedecked with yet more scenes of a glorious empire and the semi-divine emperor, who shepherded his people from victory to glorious victory. On one side of the room, Naval officers stood at hollow consoles, 
coordinating fleet operations and relaying the Emperor's orders. The other members of the courtly nobility stood chatting in clusters. There was a giant window that took up a whole wall. Through it, I could see the planet Dendra, spread out below us as we viewed it from our vantage point in high orbit. Dendra's small moon was passing serenely behind the planet, while other ships, both big and small, glided through space around us. It seemed the Dendrax were marshalling their forces. I felt a sinking feeling in my stomach. If the Empire was already mobilizing for war, then it was unlikely to be dissuaded by mere diplomacy. This spectacular view framed the throne itself, where, elevated above the floor, the Emperor looked down imperiously on everyone present. I had expected a more imposing figure. The Emperor was small for a Dendrak, and his body seemed smaller still when lost in the folds of his royal robes. The left paw that poked from the cuff of his robe looked slightly malformed and seemed to tremble softly, despite the Emperor's attempt to hold it still with the other paw. I glanced at Peter and saw the human gawking like a tourist without a hint of humility. I nudged him sharply, and the human stepped forward, hands clasped in front of him. <clears throat> Greetings, Your Majesty. On behalf of the Terran Republic, I give thanks for your invitation to address you and your court. Silence! This is no invitation. You have been summoned here to answer for your crimes against the mighty Dendrak Empire. Surely there is some mistake, Your Grace. The Republic has committed no crimes against your people. We seek to deal with all races in a fair and forthright manner. Any offense is surely inadvertent and unintentional. Do you deny signing a contract to supply Grade 1 bio-nutrient to the Newtonian Collective? Or with the Ovidian Union to supply prefabricated fusion tokamaks? No, I do not. We offer all our customers fair pricing and terms. Those contracts were won legitimately through open tender. Ah! Those contracts belong rightfully to the Dendrek Empire. You treacherous humans have sniped them out from under us like scavengers stealing the kill of a hunter. I assure you, Your Majesty, that is not the case. Now let Do me... not contradict me and deny your guilt! It is plain to see. The humans must pay for this insult to my people. The Terran Republic must pay reparations or else face my wrath. You will furnish us with five of your colony planets... One hundred million of your people are to be given over as slaves to the Empire. Lastly, one billion galactic credits are to be paid in flux alongside other commodities. Deliver this to us, or prepare for war. The Emperor punctuated each demand with a loud stamp of his gilded boot. I flinched with every blow. These demands were outrageous, calculated to make a human refusal inevitable. This was a thin pretext for war. A war that I realized had now already started. Yet Peter did not flinch. I knew I had to intervene before Peter said something they would both regret. Your Excellency, your demands are great. Please give us time to relay them to our superiors. A burly Dendrak guard stepped forward and smashed the butt of his lance into my back. Uh. 
Do not think that I've forgotten about you, Ovidian. Your union is complicit in these human schemes. Without your assistance, they would not have risen so quickly and dared to challenge our supremacy. Okay, that's enough. Do not presume to command me, human. Peter's eyes drilled into the Emperor for a moment, then broke off to look at me writhing on the floor. Don't worry. The insurance will make this right. Your accusations are false. Your demands unjust. This farce is nothing new to us. Throughout all human history, the strong have preyed upon the weak. You may believe your flimsy excuses give you permission to hurt us, but the truth behind them is plain. You desire war and the destruction of my people. Of our people. The collected nobility scoffed and murmured amongst themselves. They were not used to hearing their sovereign addressed with such insolence. The emperor simply looked on, smiling. He was finally getting the display of defiance he needed to give him an excuse to declare war. You're a bully. Sure, you're one of the biggest, but still only one among many. The galaxy is full of you. Humanity knows how to deal with bullies. That's why we took out insurance. <laughs> you expect me to believe that you have the backing to withstand us? That someone out there will replace the losses that I will inflict upon you? You are fools. What my ancestors did to the Kalura will look merciful compared to what's in store for you. Let me show you our policy. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In the year 2072, as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope. Pura. A sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image. But beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Demetria uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice. Loyalty or truth? Preservation or revelation? From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City. Starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado and Maury Sterling, prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits. Peter removed the gaming device from his pocket. Insurance protocol. Scenario 2. Initiate. A flashing warning graphic appeared above a naval officer's hollow console. The officer sprang into action extracting situational data from the network of sensors scattered around the solar system. Your Highness, in-system warp ingress detected. Distance 4.3 AU. Eight pings, no transponders. Assumed hostile. Routing superlight feed from the nearest observation station now. A giant holographic image sprang to life in the middle of the throne room. It shimmered and twisted for a second before resolving into a sharper image. 
it showed eight ships emerging from flux warp in a wide but precise octagonal formation. Each ship had the exact same vector and velocity. That kind of precision is unheard of. No race he knew of could exit warp in such a clean formation. Data overlaid on top of the image indicated that the formation was nearly 4,000 kilometers in diameter. Mounted underneath each ship was a large curved structure that looked like an arc. A harsh blue light shone from gaps within the structures, giving the impression of immense energies contained within. The ships were large, each equivalent to a Dendrak fighter carrier. But one of the ships was significantly bigger than the others. A secondary frame appeared within the hologram, showing a magnified view of the colossal ship. Stenciled across the bow in giant white letters was its name. The Underwriter. There was a flash, and beams of light, somehow curved, shot out of the ends of the arc structure carried by the Underwriter. The beams flowed around to the two ships adjacent to it in the formation, connecting with their own arc structures before progressing to the next pair of ships. Quickly, the beam circumscribed a massive circle, connecting all the humans' ships. As soon as that happened, there was another flash, and the interior of the circle was covered in a meniscus of scintillating blue light. Is that... a warp gate? There were only a half-dozen warp gates in the entire galaxy. They were massive structures, built in pairs, to facilitate warp travel for ships that didn't have their own warp core. They definitely weren't ship-based and mobile. The Terran Republic had pulled off the engineering feat of the millennia. A warp gate that could be deployed anywhere at will. Abruptly, the holographic image went white and disappeared. The naval officers frantically poked at their consoles, seeking explanation. Sir! Observation station destroyed. Routing feed from backup now. A new image filled the air, replaying the last few seconds. The shimmering gateway appeared again, smaller this time since it was being filmed from further away. The space in front of the gate flickered and then the portal collapsed. The circle of light was gone and now a normal star field was visible in the space between the human ships, which quickly warped away into the ether. <laughs> Your plan has failed. Your ships are retreating. You might want to play it in slow motion. The naval officer tapped the console and the holographic video replayed in slow motion. This time it was clear what had transpired. A huge white object emerged from the gateway's meniscus. It was rounded like a ball, but rough and dotted with circular craters. The diameter of the object was almost as wide as the gateway itself. It was a moon, moving so fast that even in slow motion, it was only in frame for a split second. Sir, new planetary body detected in system. Diameter estimated at 3,000 kilometers. It's moving fast. Point 0.3c. It's on a collision course for Dendra. What is this? What have you done? God, take him! If you want to be alive two minutes from now, I suggest you sit down and listen.
Humans have fought many wars. These days, we prefer diplomacy, but sadly, that's not always an option. You know, there's an old adage from Earth. I'm not sure who said it, but it goes a little something like this. Diplomacy consists of smiles and placations until you get the chance to pick up a rock. With an open palm, Peter gestured at the image of the moon hanging above them. May I introduce my rock? We've been accelerating it for quite some time. Orbital mechanics can get quite interesting when you can nudge a moon so that it falls down a star's gravity well, then pluck it out again before it impacts. With a gateway, you can simply reset and do it all over again, this time with the added velocity imparted by the first pass, then again, pass after pass after pass. We actually had to slow this one down a bit. It was getting a bit too hot to handle. Now it's headed straight for your home planet. In approximately, let's see here, 93 seconds, it'll impact. And I don't need to tell you what kind of damage a moon doing 0.3c will do. You'll die too! The blast will vaporize everything for millions of kilometers. Yeah, I know. And believe me, I do not want to die. So here are our demands. You will disband any and all armed forces you possess. You will scuttle every ship in your navy and any in your civilian fleet that could be effectively retrofitted as weapons of war. You will pay reparations to every surviving race on whom you have declared war since the formation of the Empire, and you will appoint the Ovidian Union as your sole and exclusive agent in all matters of foreign trade for the next 200 galactic standard years, and swear to conduct no direct trade with any other race in that time, save for the Terran Republic. All of this you will agree to in the next 44 seconds, or else we will let that moon reduce your home world to its constituent atoms. There it is. A boot to the neck of the Empire for the next 200 years. The Dendrak Empire would never recover from such a blow, and it was all without the loss of a single life. I was astounded by the generosity the humans had just shown my people. The Emperor sat mute on his throne. He knew his citizenry would rise up against him if he agreed to this extortion. He had put the monarchs of many planets in the same situation. 28 seconds. The murmuring of the assembled nobility increased in pitch as panic sunk its cold teeth into their hearts. The braver ones pleaded with the Emperor to save them, while the timid stood in place, almost catatonic with fear. Uh, what's that? I, I I didn't quite hear you. Agree! We concede to your demands. Oh, thank gods. Uh, abort insurance protocol. Repeat, abort insurance protocol. Eight ships re-emerged into space, just outside the orbit of Dendrak's own moon, which was now tainted with the shadow of humanity's celestial projectile. The ships were as orderly as the first time, and three seconds later, the shimmering blue meniscus of energy flared to life once more. Two seconds after that, the errant planetoid shot through the gateway, away into the depths of space, where it would wait until it was called again in defense of the Terran Republic and its allies. Without a word, Peter turned on his heel and marched towards the door. I hurried in pursuit. How many of these insurance policies do you have? Just the one. What? Oh, you sneaky little... Yeah, I like what you're thinking. <clears throat> one more thing, Your Majesty. What? Um, we're taking your moon. 
that was Insurance by Michael Carabot, performed by Chris Diamantopoulos, Dominic Rains, Dan Lawson, and Robert Fleet. This episode was directed by Alex Kemp and produced by Toby Lawless at Wolf at the Door Studios. Dust is produced by Stephen Michael and associate produced by Sarah Newton at Gunpowder and Sky. In the year 2072, as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope, Pura, a sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image, but beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Demetria uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice. Loyalty or truth? Preservation or revelation? From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City. Starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado and Maury Sterling, prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.